It's Cofield and Company. 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 Who puts y'all in charge of snack distribution? With Steve Cofield. Then I seen him. I seen Steve. And Adam Hill. Adam Hill is usually so fair, so reasonable. Uh, that's shocking to hear something like that from Adam Hill. It's time for Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas. It's Friday, Friday. Gotta get down on Friday. Everybody's looking forward to the weekend, weekend. Friday, Friday. Getting down on Friday. Everybody's looking forward to the weekend. Partying, partying. Partying, partying. Yeah! Friday, 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 5 o'clock hour. Cofield and company. Adam Hill is here. He's off to cover the Golden Knights tonight. Ari is back in our Finley Toyota studios. He'll be watching a lot of TV, I'm sure, on Hulu and Netflix. Good for him. We got uh, some Pac-12 and college basketball talk coming up a little later this hour. Lots of hockey talk this hour as well. Uh, One more reminder, UNLV baseball, apparently one of their best teams in years. And if you haven't seen... Hustling Rebel Baseball, a lot of locals on the team, too. So it's a, a cool group to root for. So they have a really good team. They're opening up today against Michigan State. Four-game set this weekend, one tonight, two tomorrow, one on Sunday. 6.05 start. Beer specials every Friday. And if you want to buy season tickets, 90 bucks for 33 games. That's a freaking good deal. UNLVtickets.com. Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents the Big Five at Five. Number five. I don't want to badmouth something you like, but I will readily admit I've just I really haven't had much interest in the Winter Olympics in years. But if you like it, it's not a bad thing. And I know you love overnight sports. I do. But you know, we're seeing a lot of the same things we've seen for years that bother people about the Olympics. Sure. Is and there, is there anybody you know that's more bullish on the Olympics than me? find some people I know who cover it. Sure. Right? But I mean, like, you know personally that watch it and talk about it? I don't know many people. Um, and, yeah, I'm I'm almost out. And you're almost out. I am. So what's going on? I mean, first of all, you just... There's something to... As much as I, I kind of like the amateurs in the hockey, there's something to not having that marquee event. Right. Like, you want to have that marquee... And it's taking a big hit. Once you get sure. it at the highest level, then they know down and as you were saying the other day like i've heard other national uh, you know national shows talk about this and they're you know they're like oh you know team usa didn't get it done and then they don't even realize that the the nhl players aren't there they don't realize the nhl players aren't on any of the teams really right right. so they don't know about the tournament so that that part of it's taken a hit um certainly the purity of the olympics it's it's always been very impure but with the drug use and the russians like the russians cheated in the past they don't care there's nothing that the IOC can do. So you had this 15-year-old girl. What's her name? Camilla Valieva. Who popped hot, what, a while ago? Christmas. Got cleared. And then, you well, know, every, then, it was it was a it was a heart medication that she yeah. said her grandpa takes and she accidentally accidentally took one. Right. So it kind of sounds like who was our sprinter who was knocked out because she had smoked some weed after was it her mom who passed away? Yeah. Right? And there was no comeback on that one. Yeah. Um, and, you know, if anyone deserves a break, it would be her. Not, I mean, I'm sorry, but the 15-year-old, it's the Russians. And then I've seen people defend her like, hey, she, she's probably forced to use some sort of enhancement. She's 15. Do you think she's really making the decision? Like, it's more of a Russian thing. 
Um, and then what, what did we have the other day? Didn't the announcers, the American announcers, just sit there in silence? They wouldn't say anything? Basically protested her performance by not talking. Who so, was that, Lipinski and Johnny Weir? Yeah. They just let her Which skate, is, didn't talk. By the way, it's pretty hardcore because they're pretty, they're kind of light. They're kind of lighthearted. They're yeah. a lot of fun. And then now they're all pissed off. But but the, and, and then there was backlash on the girl. And then I think even they realized they were like, wait, this isn't about her. This is about the system and the corruption overall. And, and it is. And then the and then she know, and then she flopped like she flopped. It's a fifteen year old because I mean, there's, there's so, so much, much yeah. so much pressure. Of course. And then, and then the you know the head of the IOC comes out. He's like, I was disgusted watching you know the people around her and and like the way that because they basically turned her back on her. They were yeah. like, Oh, you suck today. We're out. Like, we right. don't care about you anymore. Um, and she's fifteen. Like it, the the whole thing is just it's it's souring, but it's yeah. also like I I love the curling, but it's also it's long. And then I, I kind of like the bobsled and like the luge, but now there's like nine events in each one. Like, there's just so much. It's a money grab. Um, and then there's the whole thing now. Now you're seeing more and more international athletes who are only on the big stage every two or four years. Many of them are coming out and they're like, I hate this. Yeah. Well, this, the- this whole thing sucks and they're miserable. Yeah. And then you throw in social media, which just get off social media. There's people just hate on social media. So it's it's like the all or nothing. It's always been the all or nothing sure. events. You don't win the gold. You know, you win a silver. Loser. And now when you add in anonymous idiots and they trash talking 15, 18, 24 year olds, it's just the whole recipe has just gotten gross. Well, and then, and I, you know, I had the, um, you know, we, we, conversation last week with Janet Evans, you know, not to name drop our new friends, but, you know, Janet sure. Evans on the Everybody show last it. week. Yeah. And, you know, it was just after the Michaela Schifrin situation where she crashed out. By the way, her dad is her coach. He just died. And, like, that was before the Olympics, or a couple months ago. But, you know, she's she's still dealing with that, and now she's skating, she's skiing without him, and then she crashes out of, like, every event. And then she just sits at the top of the hill for 20 minutes, and then, like, hey, time to do an interview. And, oh, like, I right. think, like, I, I, I think we're conditioned to say, hey, because I want to say, hey, Female athletes should be treated just like male athletes, and we'd we'd want them to do an interview. But then this is not this is not real athletes. Like this is people that are doing this. Well, they're not getting paid at that same level. They are they are real athletes, but I know what you mean. They're not accustomed to being interviewed right. after every freaking event. Right. They're that's, just not trained I mean. that way. And um, she, Schiffrin, uh I can't I can never say her name. Schifrin, right? Sent out a tweet. I think it was yesterday or two days ago with just a bunch of statements, which clearly were from social media i think this is stuff that she got like choker can't handle the pressure arrogant narcissist fake nice got what you deserve dumb blonde Owen five loseritis can't perform as soon as she has competition should have immediately left the slope after crashing to get out of the way and out of the spotlight your time is over retire which wait, like, wait, wait would, was she tagged in those or is that a docket situation which would <laughs> which would which would indicate that She's breaking down, and then I think she realized just putting that out with no explanation, she needed to explain it, so here she is explaining it. My post last night was not actually intended for the haters. It was intended for those people who are getting hate. I truly believe that if you try to address the haters by hating on the haters, it really only continues to spread hate and it doesn't fix the problem, you're really not going to do anything to make them stop hating you. So you really might as well not waste your energy on that. Exactly. But she was she the one did. the day before who <laughs> right. put, put this out. So. Sure. 
Well, and and, it, and it listen, sucks. It, listen, it's hard to tell people. I don't, how old is she? She's been in the Olympics before many times, right? A couple times? Yeah. So she's got to be whatever 26, she is. 26, I think. Okay, she's not that old. Yeah. Um, I, that could be totally wrong. Yeah. Guess. It, it's easy for us. You know, we, we, we're not famous like these people are. But you see all the stuff on Twitter when, you, when you're working in the sports biz and the media. At some point, you have to make a decision. 26? 26. You have to make a decision if you're going to keep reading all the stuff and you're going to you know deal with negativity. I mean, we don't get it like this. Well, right? but it's tough to on. tell. It's tough to tell a fifteen and eight. Well, I know you've got it. You've, you've been, you know, people have wished disease on you sure. and death, and you know, sure. taken pictures or sent you pictures of your house and yeah. threatened you and all that. Sure. But everyone's different, different, and they shouldn't have to deal with this. Um, but it's it's kind of I mean, just top to bottom of the Olympics. There are there are a lot of great moments, but a lot of it's negative, man. So you might be out on one of your favorite events. Well, I just said I'm. I just said I might be out, but I also do know that Michaela Schiffrin's 26 years old. <laughs> like I, I gotta follow yeah. it. I still follow it pretty closely, I guess. Number four. I'm in, in summer. I'm in, in the summer. There you go. Uh, did you see the latest media war? I. I mean, I think technically, in the same company, right? Isn't Gottlieb's Doug Gottlieb's radio show is televised, and then you've got uh, Emmanuel Acho as a rising star on Fox Sports One as well. And they were sniping at each other a little bit. And it was all over Acho's brother, Sam, yeah. who was over on ESPN. So I I don't want to kill Sam Acho too much on this because we know how these shows are formulated. Right? Just so yep. people know. Yep. And this, that's, this is the great part. Maybe this is the work. This is the great part about – So Gottlieb starts it, and he's talking about Sam Acho, and he goes, if you don't think Pat Mahomes is one of the five best quarterbacks in football, you should – uh, you probably shouldn't talk about football for a living or to friends or strangers. Like, you just nailed it. There's a good chance that Sam Acho was told to take a position. Yeah. yeah like, Gottlieb, you work in sports television. Yeah. But here's the thing. Gottlieb, is, there's a there's a prickness to him, you know? Yeah. And he can't contain himself sometimes. And I'm sure other people in the business know about him. Sure. And I'm sure Acho's been told stories about him. So... Acho, and by the way, both Achos played in the NFL. So, you know, as a former college basketball player telling an NFL player, you don't know anything about football, like, bro. So then Acho says, you got a real slick mouth for being a backup on the court and on television. <laughs> oh, boy. Did he, did he say, go ask Colin to take a day off so you can get on TV again? He did say that. <laughs> and then Gottlieb uh, got all mad. He goes, when you have no defense for your brother's indefensible take, you go at the messenger. Acho actually said, my brother's take was trash, but so was your career as a pro athlete and on-air personality. So we can agree there's trash all around. And then he made the line about, put out the line about Colin needing a day off. And then Gottlieb responds, what a D. Thanks for showing your true colors, which I don't know, Acho. I like but, him. But could this be D on D crime? Or it could be takes one to no one. And maybe one of them is not. Like he's sticking up for his brother. And again, I, I'm, I'm. See, here's the thing. I'm in on this. I think it's great. I think it's a, you know, getting personal. You probably shouldn't do it. I do it all the time. Sure. Right? You get worked up. Um. You know, I did notice that Gottlieb maybe he had a day off today, but he didn't do a show. Uh oh. So I turned it on and Cavino and Rich were on, and I'm like, I still, you know what? This is a deep reference because they they were on Sirius XM for years and years. 
I still don't know which is which. It's, it is the, and I it is the show. Terrible. I've never heard a show where both guys, like, exactly the same. I don't know what they can do. Like, one has either. to do a fake voice. But anyway, they were they they were filling in for Gottlieb. I, I, you know, I didn't get a chance to listen to Gottlieb. And I, I've always said, like, we sound like we're trashing Gottlieb. I actually like his show as much as any nationally. I think he's a good radio host. Well, I like him I like him as a commentator. And I think he's really good on college basketball. Yeah. And he's really good because he's really honest. But I, the, the beginning of this whole thing, when you're like, Hey, so-and-so's take on a TV talk show is trash. Like, bruh. You've been there. You know what they do. Like, Acho, you know, Sam Acho's on TV, and they're like, he's like, oh, here's my top five. And they're like, ah, it's kind of too normal. Why don't you take Mahomes out? That would be a good talking point. Like, that's what they do. And we we don't know for sure, but that is how these shows are produced Mm -hmm. in order to generate arguments. And, by the way, would anybody have ever known that they did a top five? On that show, that didn't watch it unless he had t- left Mahomes out and it went viral on Twitter. It's the only way people knew that that was happening. So that's why they do it. But just keep that in mind sometimes. Like that guy said this. Like yeah, probably he was told to. Yeah. It's actually kind of cool. He actually he baited and hooked another media guy. He bought sure. it. Yeah. Another media guy who should know better. Number three. NBA All Star Weekend. Who do you think will win the dunk contest? Great question. <laughs> you don't know. I don't know. Uh, I'm not here to trash. Hold on. I actually. Yeah. So I know that I told you earlier. I have no idea who's yeah, in yeah. it. I looked it up just because I was like, okay. I wanna, uh, I'm going to go JTA. It's my guy. It's my dubs. Wants Scano Anderson. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's my guy. From, He's in. From your Warriors. He's okay. in. <laughs> All right. But my. My original point before I looked it up was I realized today that the All-Star Weekend is upon us mm-hmm. only because I saw there's no NBA games this weekend. And I was like, wait, why? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's the All-Star Weekend. Okay, cool. And then I started thinking in my head, there was a time where, like, who was going to be in the dunk contest yep. was a raging debate for, like, two months leading up to the All-Star mm-hmm. game. <laughs> it's tomorrow. I think I think the dunk contest is tomorrow. I, could, I, did not, I could not have told you one person that was in it. So, so, I did look so we can tie this to the Pro Bowl, right? These events really aren't for sports media people. They're not for snarks. They're for the casuals. But and they I, were. And I, and I think they still love them. So we'll see what the numbers are for the NBA. But I, I will. I agree with you. On the shows that we do, things have changed so much. Because this, this weekend would have been a staple topic of, you know, the new NBA, kind of the NBA, you know, game on the other sports and Daytona 500. What? And maybe there That's was a, this weekend. And maybe there was a fight weekend, right? And we talk, you know, we and we do the same thing for Memorial Day. It's like, oh, look at the, you know, what are you going to watch this weekend? And pitchers and catchers are reporting. <laughs> They're not. They're not. I'm not against the players. Owners are doing this to the league, yeah. but but stuff that used to be hot, you know. And but here's the point with the NBA. I do believe Adam Silver is seeing what is happening. And is trying to reinvent some things. Like the in-season tournament is a great idea, and I really believe that he's open to having an in-season tournament and then cutting the regular season down to seventy-two or like sixty-six games. And there ain't any other league that will consider that because they're scared as crap to lose revenue because they can't come up with ideas. I think the NFL could, but they're going the opposite direction. Yeah. But you know the NHL can't come up with ideas to replace the lost revenue if they're not playing 80-plus games. 
And forget yeah. baseball with new ideas. Yeah, of course. They can't even get on the field right well, now. Well, baseball. They're still arguing their, about money. Their only idea, and they just kind of leaked it out, expand the playoffs again. Right. Just keep making <laughs> the playoffs bigger and bigger. <laughs> it's going to be every team, man. Like, that's their only idea that they have. And by the way, like, the the cutting down the, cutting down the season and adding an in-season tournament is absolutely an idea taken from European sports, yeah. which is what they do. And it works. And yeah. it's awesome. And it's great. And to be open to say, hey, maybe the things that we do aren't always the best. Maybe there is other ideas out there to explore. That's why the NBA is great. But you're right. Like in this case, and I don't think it's, I don't think it's a hardcore versus a, you know, whatever argument about the dunk contest. Like we're on Twitter all the time. Like that was a Twitter debate all the time. I don't think, I don't think people that follow closely or love the NBA know who's in the dunk contest. I don't think they do. It's not, it's not something that's being discussed out there. And by the way, was my guy out? No. I don't see an update oh, okay. on it. Oh, okay. Um, all right. What is going on for the Saturday race in NASCAR? Oh, boy. Uh, let's see here. We got the <laughs> – I can't even say this with a straight face. It is the beef. It's what's for dinner, 300. Can that's, you read it correctly? Have you never seen this ad campaign that's probably 20 years old? You don't know how to say it? I know the phrase, but I never saw it tied to how a NASCAR is it, event. How beef, is it said? It's what's for dinner. Like Wait, I know that. Hold on. Say the so first. Easy, say too. the first word again. Beef. Stop. Yeah. Okay, no. Say go. it. Say it appropriately. Oh my god. Beef. It's what's for dinner. Three hundred. It, it's not that hard. <laughs> that must Boy, be god. must be on those other streaming services that I don't pay for. I, I guess I never saw the commercials. It's been a campaign for twenty years. Again, I'm more than familiar. I'm old enough to know that campaign. What I don't understand. I only know young campaigns. I get that I said it wrong. What I don't understand, and this is why I put this here, was like, what? What is this? It's, What's they're spon- sponsoring a race? It's basically it, if they wanted to change it to what we talk about all the time. It's basically big beef sponsoring big a beef. race. Big beef three hundred. All right. It uh, does. Now does it work? No, nah, it does not roll off the tongue very easily, as you heard. Yeah, but don't you think it's more memorable? Sure. It's going to be like the most memorable race there is of the year. It almost reminds me of like, what was that? The Dollar Center Loan Center or whatever, or the Dollar Loan Dollar Center Loan Center. Center, like, Center? Yeah. yeah, there's just some things just don't. No, that's, know. I mean, that is, as a massive sponsor of the group at Lotus Broadcasting, I mean, Dollar Loan Center Center is a brilliant idea, right, right Ari? Yeah. Just like beef. It's what's for dinner, 300. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Number two. Oh, we bust his chops. I did it. He's firing back, man. (laughs) He's firing back. All right. A couple questions uh, about tonight. First of all, uh, what's going to happen with Eichel and the line? Kings, Knights, Fortress. Looks like they're going to go with a... Pretty star-studded top line with Pacioretty, Eichel, and Stevenson, which would be interesting. Uh, I think that that would be um, a a line that should generate plenty of offense. Pacioretty hasn't scored in two months. Um, obviously, he's missed a bunch of games in there, but um, it's been a while. And I saw he was kind of changing things up at a morning skate this morning. Had some had some new tape on the stick. Uh, he's pretty superstitious, uh, so he's gonna he's gonna get that going. And then that means uh, probably a misfit line. Uh, line two back together reunited uh, with Carlson, Marcheseau, so, and Riley Smith. So we'll see how that line works out as well. But it looks like they're uh, they're trying to generate some offense with some of these line line combinations. And then when do they have to settle on an official roster 
whether they're not playing the Lightning game or how long can they play it with what the Lightning did last year with Kucherov? How long can they go with this? Do whatever they want. Wait till the playoffs. Like just, right? Just just play the game and until the playoffs, and it doesn't matter. By the rules, is it cheating? Are they doing anything wrong? No. Smart. Nope. Smart. Keep up with the Joneses, right? Yeah. You look around. What works? We're going to do that. It's copycat league. Uh, you have people outside the market who, especially who hate the Golden Knights, and they're saying Mark Stone injury fake. Yeah, I don't think that's true. I don't, <laughs> I, yeah, I don't, I don't think that's true. Um, he's been dealing with injury all year. And so yeah. it sounds like it flared up and they're trying to now it convenient timing. Sure. Um, but this is something that, that they've been dealing with and they were trying to get kind of corrected. They, they don't want to, you know, patch it together anymore. They want to give them some rest and get it actually healthy uh, by the time they need it. And same thing with Alec Martinez. I mean, this has been serious stuff he's been going through. Yeah, for sure. And, and it's been lasting a long time. But again, uh, it's like they are. They, this is a team built for the playoffs. They're going to make the playoffs. I think it would be stunning if they didn't. And so to have everybody healthy at the time of the postseason is what the goal is. And so they're they're going to play some games with the roster, but I think in this case, it's just getting guys healthy, letting them sit out. If it's an extra game or two, that's fine because this team is built to compete in the playoffs, not in the regular season. It's the Big Five at Five, brought to you by Battleborn Injury Lawyers. If you've been injured, call Justin Watkins at Battleborn Injury Lawyers, 570-9000. Works to the middle, passes to the left, across to the right, Ranton, it shoots, he scores! Brossois lunging to his left, could not stop it. Off the back bracing of the goal and out, it is a power play goal for Colorado. 2-0 Avalanche with 4.15 to go in the third. Now, back to Cofield and Company at the Battleborn Broadcast Center on ESPN Las Vegas. All right, rolling on, Cofield and Company. We're going to talk a little uh, college hoops with Roxy Bernstein in just a couple of minutes. we got all these tournaments coming to town, Mountain West Conference Tournament, Pac-12. Uh, just saw info on the Big West, which is going to be at the uh, Dollar Loan Center. Center. Um, we've got WAC, got West Coast Conference. Who did I forget? I think I got them all. Big West? Big West, I got that one. Okay. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot coming. Sorry, my focus is on the Ivy right now. Yes, you're very worried about uh, up Yale. Eight, up eight, seven minutes. And we're up eight, yep. And and Penn. Um, I just saw in the uh, NFL news and notes, so you've now got the NFL has hired two former federal employees, one to handle the case with Brian Flores, another to do the investigation of Dan Snyder's team. Uh, Snyder's team had another gaffe. You know, it's – obviously, it's – Awful, the work environment and the allegations they've had over the years. Horrendous look. But then, like, basic day-to-day football operations, they have no idea what they're doing. On the field, off. Did they blank up the logo, the new logo, for the Commanders? They did. Well, they're, uh, they're Crest. Their team Crest, which is on the jerseys. <laughs> yeah. They listed all their championships, which it's cool. It's what teams do. Sure. The year's wrong. They had the year's wrong. Well, so what they did is they listed the year's that they won the Super Bowls. Right. But the league recognizes the year of the season. So, like, this past Super Bowl was in 2022, but it's the 2021 Super Bowl. Right. And so they would have listed 2022, and the league's like, no, that's not approved. 
Now, the problem is the commanders put this out and put it on their jerseys and released it and did all this stuff without checking with the league first, as they're supposed to do. And the league is like, well, no. Why would they check with the league on anything? The message has been true. sent. Well, they dug through the emails. They're not the boss. Yeah. They're not the boss. The NFL is yeah. not the boss. Dan Snyder is. So, oh boy, the league's like, yeah, you, no, no, no what a, it's not approved. What a depressing situation. If you're a fan of, you know, the former Redskins football team commanders, this was a proud franchise for a long, long time. And now you're in a situation where you're under investigation because you have pigs running the whole thing. And there were plenty of pigs in there as executives. There isn't much hope for the future. Because your roster ain't that great. You don't have a quarterback. And there's going to be – I think there's going to be some significant quarterback movement this offseason. None of them will consider them. None of them. Why would you? What a None sl- of them. What a slap in the face to Taylor Heineke. He stinks. I mean, he's 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 a backup quarterback. He's a top seven backup quarterback. But even, like, like the, the guys who would be – I don't know. Would you argue the most risky if you're going to change quarterbacks? Maybe Mariota and Carson Wentz. Like, both of them will be like – no, I'm not going there. You 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 have to blow them away. I mean, in Mariota's case, I guess you could buy him, where he has no choice but to go. But I, I mean, you have a decent defense and you have a top weapon in McLaurin. Who wants to be around that crap? Well, I, I wouldn't want to be in the organization, but I, like on the field, I think there's at least reasons to think that a top tier quarterback could change a lot of things. It's it's an awful situation, and I don't think I just don't see it getting any better. I don't at all. Uh, big game tomorrow for UNLV. Five o'clock start, Colorado State. Multiple giveaways, uh, free season tickets for a variety of Rebel Sports, and then one lucky student is going to get free tuition for a semester. They're going to have a free Taco Bell out front at the uh, free tailgate for the students, kids under 12. Uh, if you don't know, and this is for everybody, not just kids under 12, but they're going to get the giveaway, but it's Robert Smith, Jersey retirement night. That's going to be at halftime. Then kids under 12 are going to get uh, a number 10 Robert Smith t-shirt, so that's really cool. And then they've got like I said, tons of giveaways. Five o'clock start tomorrow. Get your tickets at UNLVtickets.com or go down to the TNM right at the uh, whatever, you know, an hour before, whenever you want to get there. Uh, UNLVtickets.com or you go right to the window. Get into the TNM tomorrow. Big game against 21 and 3 Colorado State. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. You're listening to Cofield and Company, live from the Battleborn Broadcast Center on ESPN Las Vegas. We're about two weeks away from our favorite two weeks here in Las Vegas, and that is conference tournament time. But Adam Hill and uh, myself are gigantic college hoops fans. Pac-12 is going to be at the back end of uh, tourney weeks, March 9th to the 12th. You can get your tickets for T-Mobile. Pac-12.com slash tickets. Roxy Bernstein, longtime friend of the show, calls the games around the Pac-12 and is here to talk about the tournament and what's going on around the conference. Maybe a little college football in a couple of seconds. Roxy, how you doing, buddy? What's up, guys? How are you? Uh, like I said, we're fired up, man. We love college basketball, and you know now the entire world uh, turns its attention on conferences like the Pac-12. Why shouldn't they, right? As, as our friend Little Billy Walton says, it's the Conference of Champions. Let's go. <laughs> well... <laughs> Well, I guess speaking speaking of uh, Bill Walton, I know he was uh, he was fascinated by the duck I saw in recent days. But uh, Oregon did not play very well yesterday. How worried should we be about them? Um, that was a disappointing performance from Oregon last night, considering what was at stake. Right? And if you pay attention to Joe Lenardi and the bracketology, Oregon really needed that game. Uh, and to lay an egg like that, and it's the second time. 
this week that they have fallen flat on their face in a critical game. And, look, they had a good win, I thought, Monday night against Washington State. But to get stomped at home by Cal last Saturday and then lose like they did last night, really frustrating and disappointing for Dana Altman. And, look, Joe Lenardi has them on the outside looking in right now. They have opportunity. because Look, it's not going to be easy tomorrow going into McHale Center and trying to take on the Arizona Wildcats. They have the L.A. schools at home next week. They have a trip to Washington still. There's opportunities for good wins for Oregon, but let's face it, it's, they, they, the margin for error right now for the Ducks is pretty thin. I'm excited for this tournament, obviously, as I am every year. I love the Pac-12 tournament here in Vegas. I think it's a perfect place for it, and I love going to it and covering it every year. Uh, but is there you, you just mentioned Oregon. Is there anybody outside those top three that can really threaten to, to make this thing really interesting? Washington is an interesting team to me because of their style of play and having a quick turnaround time to get ready for it. Yeah. They have a dynamic scorer, Terrell Brown Jr., who leads the league, but you guys have watched him play. That, that zone defense, it's funky, and it's, <laughs> it's a challenge to get ready for it. Now, look, the teams have seen it before, but it's nothing to be prepared for it. And I, they're, they're the team, if they're hitting shots, if not just Brown, but if Dejon Davis is scoring, Emmett Matthews, they can sneak up on teams. That's a team that would concern me. And look, the way Arizona State has been playing recently, I think they're a team that could pose problems considering they just beat UCLA in triple overtime. They thumped Oregon last night. I have them tomorrow night uh, against Oregon State. But Arizona State is a team playing much better now than they were earlier in the year. Or- Oregon State is struggling. Sure. Crazy. <laughs> what, what is going that's on? That's being there? kind. Yeah. What's going on there? <laughs> yeah. I just can't put my finger on it, right? This is a team. Look, they, they caught lightning in a bottle and they went to the Elite Eight last year. And they won the Pac 12 tournament in exciting fashion. They lost two key players who were veteran four-year starters in Ethan Thompson and Zach Reichel. They lost their toughness with those guys. All of a sudden, Jared Lucas and Warith Alatiche, who was the most outstanding player at the Pac-12 tournament last year, you move up the scouting report, right? All of a sudden now, there's more focus and attention on them. They battled some injuries, which is no excuse for them to only have three wins right now. But it just seemed like the pieces don't fit with this team. Uh, and it's just been one thing after the next with Oregon State. I feel bad for Wayne Tingle going through this. Now, I don't feel all that bad because he got that contract extension after you go to the Elite <laughs> last year. But it's just been a weird dynamic with Oregon State this year. And I just really can't put my finger on it. I look at their, their players. Guys, they don't look that bad, right? When you see Alatiche and Lucas can really shoot it. Deshaun Davis leads the Pac-12 and assists, but yet here they are in having a historically bad season in Corvallis. Go figure. Pac-12 tournament's coming to Vegas March 9th to the 12th. Pac-12.com backslash tickets is where you get the tickets. T-Mobile. Roxy Bernstein's with us, a longtime announcer around the conference. So top three teams, USC, UCLA, and Arizona. Who has the best chance to win the tournament here and then is really built for a run in the NCAA tournament? Well, it is Arizona. And just the way they play at both ends of the floor. So much attention on their offense. With them leading the country in assists, and they're third in the nation in scoring. And how exciting they are in that style. It's 
it's essentially, look, it's, it's an extension of Gonzaga, right, where Tommy Lloyd came from. But defensively, they don't get enough credit, I don't think, for how well they play at that end of the floor. Their length, their athleticism, their size really bothers people. And they're, they're built for this time of the year. The only concern I have with Arizona is if you look at the roster, there is very, very little tournament experience. And Arizona hasn't been in a few years. They had the you know, penalty last year, the probation. They didn't go. So it has been uh, a rocky few years for Arizona in that regard. And the only player really on their roster, you look at him, is Umar Balo that's been in the NCAA tournament. He followed Tommy Lloyd from Gonzaga. So that's the only trepidation I have with uh, Arizona heading into the tournament is they just haven't done it. They haven't been there. And I think that is the only thing that troubles me about when they get to the pressure cooker of the NCAA tournament. Yeah, that's why I still like UCLA with the tournament experience, and he's got a deeper and bench that's, to that's work with now. The only thing that worries me about UCLA guys is defensively they just don't look the same as they did a year ago. And it's it's and look, they went from the first four to the final four. It was an unbelievable run. Can they still improve defensively? Yeah, but all year they haven't been there for whatever reason. They're really good offensively. With you know Tiger Campbell running things, Jaime Jaquez, who's been banged up, uh, the playing through it, Johnny Juzang has been really good. So I, I really like that UCLA team. It's just defensively, guys, where are they going to be? That's my question. Roxy, how big has Vegas been for the Pac-12? It's been a home run. And maybe even it's been a grand slam for the Pac-12 to move the tournament from Vegas. Look, when you were at Staples Center for a Pac-12 tournament game Wednesday when it tips off at noon, there was barely anybody in the building. <laughs> and since it's come to Vegas, first the MGM, now T-Mobile, the excitement level has been phenomenal. And the energy in the building, it's been a destination for people, right? I talked to some of my friends who live in L.A. They were more likely to get on an airplane and come to Vegas for the Pac-12 tournament than they were to drive to downtown L.A. to go see it at Staples Center. That's because of the excitement that Vegas has brought to the tournament. Hey, looking at the football season real quick on this one, and I know we're not all studied up on rosters and everything, but you're a Cal guy, right? Yeah. Okay. And a mighty, proud Golden Bear. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Well, one, first of all, uh, your coach stayed around. Were you surprised by that with uh, Oregon looming? A little bit that he turned down Oregon. I think it caught a lot of people by surprise, considering uh, the opportunity that he played at Oregon. He grew up there. His dad was an All-American. His brother played there. And let's face it, it's one of the premier jobs. Um, but when people get to know Justin Wilcox, I, I think they understand why he turned it down. And, look, he, 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 he's stuff he wants to accomplish at Cal. And... I think that he wants to see this thing through on top of he feels comfortable. And I think he likes, look, in the anonymity that he has in the Bay Area, if Justin goes out to dinner somewhere or he goes, you know, a night out, right? somebody might say, hey, go Bears, hey, coach, good to see you. That's it. That's the extent of it. He moves to Eugene and he wants to go out to dinner or whatever in, in Oregon. His life is an open book. He's under a microscope. And I think that also bothers him that he just likes being left alone and doing his thing. And he can't necessarily do that if he's at Oregon. Uh, this coming season, what kind of team is he going to have? Uh, UNLV is actually playing Cal 
on September 10th? I, I think he's going to have a good team. I think they're going to be very good defensively. Uh, a couple of key transfers coming in. Uh, Jackson Sermon transferred from Washington, leading tackler on the Husky team, transferred his dad, Peter Sermon's Cal's defensive coordinator. Xavier Carlton comes in from Utah, really good pass rusher, uh, and a, a guy up front. They feel really good about that side of the football, as they should. The offense will be a question mark. Who's going to be the quarterback? Jack Plummer, who transferred from Purdue. Kai Milner, a young guy in the program. There's some questions about the offensive line. But this is a team that had, a, frankly, a disappointing, frustrating year. They played well at the end of the year, but really got off to a bad start, lost a lot of close-tight ball games. It was a frustrating year. And, look, they beat Stanford. They beat USC, which uh, year in, year out, Cal people will, will be ecstatic about. Right. But the team went 5-7, and seven, didn't go to a bowl game, and I think that's part of the frustration. And what's driving them, I think, is the offseason. Roxy, are you going to be here for the tournament in Vegas? Of course. You know nice. I will. I'm not missing nice. this. Are you kidding? <laughs> All right. Good deal, man. We appreciate uh, you coming on with us today. And remind people again, where are you? Uh, what are you calling tomorrow? I got Arizona State, Oregon State, and Tempe tomorrow night on ESPN2. Nice. Uh, by the way, I saw that you uh, – you and Adrian Branch did uh, Utah and Stanford. My Lord, Utah has been a really interesting story with uh, Craig Smith coming over from Utah State in the Mountain West, huh? He has been. You know, and it hasn't been an easy move because, you know, the player transfers that left during the coaching change, which, as we know, happens. Yep. But Craig is, I think, trying to build a foundation now. He's got a good centerpiece in Brandon Carlson to build around. And... They're, they're, that was a good win for them last night. They were able to knock off a, a, a significant milestone. They hadn't won a road game yet this year. In fact, they lost 12 straight going into Maples. And that was a really good win for them last night in a lot of ways. And I think it, it, it gives – they've lost a lot of close ball games, so it gives them hope and optimism that they're on the right page go, getting a win like they did last night. Roxy, you're awesome, man. Thank you. Anytime, guys. I will see you. There he is. Roxy Bernstein, voice of the Pac-12, getting ready for the Pac-12 tournament here at T-Mobile, Pac-12.com slash tickets to get your tickets. Uh, we know Arizona's going to travel. I assume UCLA will have some people here, hopefully SC. And then we'll see. We'll see how the, the season closes out. Um, I think Oregon has a good chance to get into the tournament, but here's the problem around a lot of different conferences. Not the Mountain West. Mountain West, net ratings, oh, my God. It's, it's kind of it, – some of it doesn't make sense, which I'll hit on when we come back, but uh, – like Oregon is in third place, technically tied for second. Uh, well, now they're in third because they lost last night, but or fourth. Um, their net rating's not good. And beyond that, Washington State's the next highest team in the net rating. Actually, I think going into yesterday, they were higher, forty six and fifty nine or something like that. You, um, Washington State forty six and Oregon down at fifty nine. Probably changed a little or, bit. Oregon's down to seventy one. Ooh, well, yeah. when you lose to a team like Arizona State, that doesn't help. But my whole point is, um, that's a conference that they're gonna have to fighting claw to get a fourth maybe fifth team in a uh, fourth yeah that's what i'm saying a fourth yeah, yeah. i don't know how a fifth team would have to win the tournament a fifth sure know, fifth but team i think that to, knocks that would knock out oregon yeah. so maybe max right now is four by the way david jenkins former unlv player is at utah three minutes last night and before that 13 15 he had a 13 point game with 24 minutes about four games ago it just um i mean i'll say it i actually i don't think the mountain west conference team or the top level teams are well they're not at the ucla usc and arizona level but the rest of the conference like i don't think the players are that much different i will say the guys who left utah state to go to utah 
our fringe, fringe Pac-12 players, but Craig Smith was just trying to build it any way he could. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. Cofield and Company presents Grab Bag. Don't touch it. Don't even look at it. Only on ESPN Las Vegas. Stick your hand in there, Dave. We just talked a little Pac-12 of the tournament coming up. March 9th to the 12th. We got Mountain West, both the ladies and men. March 6th to the 12th. That tournament's at the Thomas and Mac. Uh, we'll be giving away tickets on the air, but you can also win on our website at lvsportsnetwork.com. You click on the banner out front. A couple of winners are going to get a VIP ticket package worth 1500 bucks. Includes two reserve seats for all the men's games. Two more tickets for all the women's games. Parking is covered. Game program. Food in the VIP hospitality suite. Uh, you register to win this. It's not anyone who goes up and clicks. You win. But you go to register on the banner, Mountain West Conference Tournament banner on lvsportsnetwork.com. Stick your hand in there, Dave. You said one of the sports books just took a bet for the national title on UNLV? Yeah. $400 bet. 5000 to 1 on UNLV to win the national championship. Pays two million. Actually, it's 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 funny to look at the ticket because they posted the ticket. Yeah, it pays two million and four hundred dollars. There you go. Because you get the four hundred. Do you think the person would? T- yeah, I was going to say. Do you think the person would tip the original bet, please? At least four hundred. Probably, win it? probably not. Will you please? <laughs> That's. I mean, that'd be awesome. Party in the streets. Stick your hand in there, Dave. So, doubleheader tomorrow, UNLV ladies playing at 1 o'clock in the Thomas and Mac, going for their 12th straight win. And the men going against Colorado State, 21-3. and They're 11-3 and in conference. I think the officiating is, and the, the pace of the game, kind of the tone of the game is going to play a big part in what happens. And the guy I would reference most in this is David Roddy because he's a great player. He's an inside-outside player. He's 6'5", 255 pounds. I think you can. I, I personally think you can get him off his game by getting him thinking about other stuff. He does get distracted by the officiating at times. Um, he went freaking crazy on what actually did turn out to be a shot clock violation up there against the Rebels. Like he, his numbers are great, but so he was right. Well, he was right, but the reaction they were going to review it, like, bruh. You know, leave it, leave it to the coaches, leave it to the officials. He's, no, he he's me. Well, I'm, well, he's a lot better than you. No, but he's me as a like. Yeah, well, you can't. Yeah, you're right, but you can't. I'm not saying that he he's obviously he's a great player. He's got great numbers. Um, but people have noticed it. And, you know, I saw a New Mexico fan say Roddy spends his timeouts crying to the refs instead of in huddles, even though he literally gets every call. Um, and I've referenced him. He's one of those guys and. Star players, for the most part, get a little better treatment. Uh, Bryce Hamilton, the officiating with him is kind of interesting. Um, he is top 55 in the country in free throws attempted. But anyway, uh, Roddy's a big guy, and he's kind of plays the the block charge game pretty well. So we'll see how the Rebels manage that. I think they frustrated him to the point where he faded to the perimeter a lot, and that should be part of his game, not all of his game. But he's also thinking about the next level where, you know, yeah. when you're 6'5", you ain't playing power forward. Yeah. You got, you got to show what you can do. You got to show what you can step out. And I, I think college teams are often okay with that because it's a trade off of having it. Like right. he could have tried to leave and gone somewhere else. They're actually, they're, I'm not going to say lucky because this is, I guess, good coaching and the culture they've built. Nico Medved's kept, 
you know, three of his most important guys around for three and four years. And Isaiah Stevens is awesome. awesome. Isaiah Isaiah Stevens, now I'm blanking on the kid who was at Wyoming, the one and done. Wyoming had a great recruiter who's from Texas. He had a great year and left their point guard. Now they've, you know, rebuilt with other good players. But Isaiah Stevens is a Texan. He easily could have gone to, you know, five, four or five different Texas schools. He stayed around. And David Roddy, certainly as a Big Ten area recruit out of Minnesota, could have gone back to the Big Ten and played two more years in the Big Ten. He's he could he could play at that level. Yeah, he's great, and that's by the way why they're twenty one and three. Yes, because they've kept two <laughs> yes. veterans around, and yes. um, and Nico's a great coach. When I talked to Kevin Kruger along with the rest of the media today, I was talking about matchups, and I pointed out that Isaiah Stevens he had called him one of the most underrated guards in the country before matchup number one, and I said he had what like thirty four, and he's like thirty five. <laughs> so he knew, he knows, and he said as the game went along, it just. You know, he knew Bryce had 42, but he's like, oh, my God, Stevens had 35. Well, a lot of it was like that rush to come back. Yeah. Isaiah Stevens is really freaking good. Very good. So they have a tough defensive matchup here, you know, against a, a stretch four and a freaking hyper quick guard. And even tougher when it's an inside-outside situation where you got to pick your poison. Should, real quick, should the Rebels mix in some country music to no. the lineup? No? No, never. Right, that was an easy no. I know. So Paloma from Fox 5 was complaining about it. I thought it was pretty good in Fresno. I thought it was good. 